Good morning, afternoon, and evening, and welcome to the 8311Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Mike Ludwig, Ariane Barry, and Wyatt Teeter as we talk about college football, the NFL, the MLB, and of course, our signature segments, Mike's Stupid Rules and Write That Down Predictions, here on episode 240. I got some pretty cool facts to open up this week's episode. I I wouldn't say I'm a 49ers fan, but I do find immense joy watching Brock Purdy play for them. And after this past win, I compiled a couple of fun facts that I would like to share with you all. So number one, after his week one win against the Steelers, Purdy was the first quarterback in NFL history to win his first six regular season starts while also throwing multiple touchdowns in each game. And to piggyback off that, that was also the first game for a quarterback in NFL history to have a QBR of at least 95 rounded in each of his first six starts, which those two facts are pretty impressive, kind of, I guess. They're kind, they're kind of luck, and this one kind of is as well, I guess. With this past week's win against the Giants, Purdy now has the third longest career start win streak of any quarterback in the NFL as it pertains to regular season games since he's won all eight of his career regular season starts. So he's number three with eight career regular season starts. Mike Tomzak for the Bears started his 1986 season with 10 wins to take the silver medal here. And then coming up with the gold is Big Ben Roethlisberger with his 2004-05 start, racking up 15 career start regular season wins. Fourth place is tied by like three or four people, including Jimmy G for seven wins. So with Purdy's last win here, that that broke him out of that tie to to be in third place. That was the most interesting out of those three, I thought. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, I did not know that. I don't know when the next time I see a loss on this schedule is either. That's the interesting part, right? If I pull this up, their upcoming schedule, they got the Cardinals at home. They're going to be their 14 point favorites there. To be fair, did you, did you see the Cardinals being a loss on the Cowboys schedule this weekend? That's true. The Cardinals have had a legitimate chance to win all three of their games. They're feistier than they looked like they would be. Mm-hmm. Who is that quarterback, that Dobbs guy? Yeah, Joshua Dobbs. He had a bad first week, but he's been decent since then. I mean, they play the Cowboys. That'll be tough. Yep, and then they got the Vikings, which we thought was going to be tougher than it is, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, they play well. They just don't, you know, have anything to show for it. Yeah, we'll talk about that more later. Yeah, we'll get into it. Basically, what I was getting at is Purdy could easily extend that streak, uh, to 10 pretty easily, I think. And even Probably not to 15, I don't think, but... That would be, be impressive. Possible. I mean, this is a good... It's a good team. Like, I'm not going to pretend like Brock Purdy is the best quarterback ever. Like, he's playing well, and he's playing well because he's surrounded by a great team. That That's what you need him to do, and he's doing it. Yep. Yep, yep absolutely. I posited this question this week. Uh, is Brock Purdy the best quarterback in the NFC West? Who are my other quarterbacks in the NFC West? Dobbs, yes, he's better than Dobbs. Slash, you can count Kyler if you want to. He's not healthy right now, but he's there. And then you have Geno Smith and Matt Stafford. I don't know. I think Matt Stafford, I would like better right now or better? Just better this season, I guess. Yeah, like not overall career, obviously. Just like, is he the best right now? Because then it's Stafford. I still think it's Stafford as well. Probably. But I don't think it's super much. far. Not by much. I have to think about it, which shows that it's close. Right? That's interesting. And before that game on, what, Thursday night? I think it was Tony Gonzalez said that within the next, like, five years, Purdy was going to be a top-five quarterback in the league or something. I'm not to go that far, and I don't think that's true, but it just shows the level of, you know, impact that he's had on some of the guys who are watching this sport who know it better than I do, I'm sure. So, like, it's not just empty stats and easy throws. People think he's pretty good. He looks pretty good. He makes good decisions, and that's important. Yeah. Exactly. He, d- he does what he needs to do. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. You know, <laughs> if you can just be <laughs> Joe did. Flacco, you can win a Super Bowl with this team. Uh-huh. For sure. How cool would that be? That'd be when awesome. was the last time an Iowa State quarterback won a Super Bowl? Probably I'm going to guess never. I'm sure it's never. With our Cyclone football segment playing uh, Oklahoma State this past week, they did come out on top 34-27. What a departure that was for the offense. Um, Scoring seven points at Ohio to putting up 34 against Oklahoma State. Like, just night and day difference 
from the offense in this one. Now, also night and day difference from the defense, giving up 10 points to Ohio versus 27 to uh, Oklahoma State. But you did enough to, to win the football game, and you did what you needed to do against a bad team at home. The running game was still atrocious. I mean, Sanders looked better, right? He 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 averaged four yards a carry. Sanders did. Um, he had uh, 15 carries for 58 yards, including a 15-yard run and a touchdown. Definitely a decent game from Sanders, but the rest of the running backs combined to run for 20 yards on 14 carries. Oh, no, sorry, 17 carries. That's almost a one-yard average for everybody not named Eli Sanders. Granted, Norton got hurt early in that game. Um, Wyatt, you said it looked like he, uh, what did he do, separate his shoulder, dislocate his shoulder? What did he do? It looked like to me that it was a shoulder issue of some sort, his right shoulder. I don't know if he dislocated it or not, but he was certainly groaning in pain when they were trying to get his pads off of him. And he wasn't in like the team bench area at that point in time. So it was certainly an odd issue. I don't know if maybe some ligaments got pulled out or something, but it did seem very shoulder-esque. Who knows what his status will be, but that definitely left Eli Sanders as the main guy in the backfield. And he, he did okay. But really what was impressive was the passing game. The receivers and Rocco back. Now, part of that is they were just holes all over that Oklahoma State defense. Like with a team like Oklahoma State, it's tough to evaluate whether that some of that was because their defense was just bad or if our offense was actually good. But boy, Rocco Beck looked good. 27 to 38 for 348 yards and three touchdowns. Noel finally broke out of his slump, 146 yards and a touchdown. Daniel Jackson had another big game. I think he's been our best receiver so far. He had a he had another great game. Six catches for 90 yards with two touchdowns. I mean, just a just a great performance, I think, uh, from the passing game. They did what they needed to do. They scored enough points to win. Now, that doesn't completely eliminate uh, this team from blame. They did try to blow it for a little while in there. They did, um, after taking a... Uh, 34 to 20 lead they did uh give oklahoma state they then punted on three straight drives allowed oklahoma state to get back within seven with the ball with about two and a half minutes left in the game the defense managed to hold and win them the game but the offense running out of gas not being able to run out the clock they went three and out on their last two non-kneel down possessions was a little bit disheartening you could have just put them away but uh you made it interesting at the end and also, you still managed to punt the ball, what did you say, Wyatt, nine times eight in a game times. when you scored 34 points, eight times? Both teams punted eight times in a game where 61 points were scored. We still punted 16 times. But I mean, I guess that just points to a lot of big plays, right? And I mean, that sort of, that sort of uh, plays out if you look at the, the touchdown distances, 12-yard touchdown, 38-yard touchdown, 29-yard touchdown, 60-yard touchdown, 26-yard touchdown, 7-yard touchdown, and a 20-yard touchdown. There were only two touchdowns less than 20 yards that entire game. I was going to say, there were more touchdowns than there were red zone visits. Well, there were some short field goals that may have been red zone visits, too. Yeah. I'd have to look. Which were made. Yeah, we made all our field goals. We didn't miss a field goal this game. In between the uprights and everything. Mm -hmm. It was very textbook. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, from 51 and 46 connected on. Yeah, Boy, you Chase, just would have loved to have one or two of those back from last week. In a year now, it's two for two on 50-plus yarders. But he is 0 for two on 30 to 39 yarders. So kind of a weird little quirk there. We'll see if that plays out. Do we have a second kicker who can kick the short ones? Yeah, we just use him for a big leg. He, I will say that that 51-yarder, he did kiss off the upright. But it went through. It did go through, but but he definitely kissed that one off the upright. I do think it's it's definitely a little telling that even in a game where this is this was uh, pretty much as good as we could have hoped the offense looks, given what we've seen the rest of the year, uh, we still averaged two point two yards on the ground. That is very bad. It doesn't make you super excited to see us have to take on a tougher defense if we couldn't even get it done here while the passing game was clicking. We still couldn't get anything going on the ground. And I still am perplexed by the fact that we've allowed one sack in four games, and yet we can't get any separation 
in run blocking. I don't understand how they can be so good at pass blocking and so bad at run blocking. That's exactly what I was going to say is this team looks, the pass blocking looks great. Yeah. Like Beck didn't really have time to throw. A lot of time. He's finding open receivers, but they're just so bad in the running game. Are they just not quick enough to get to their blocks? And I'm not an offensive line expert. So even watching the game closely, I probably couldn't tell you exactly what the problem was here with the offensive line. It feels like a lot of times when there's issues with run blocking, it's like a size issue. Like you're just overmatched. It's a smaller school going up against a big school. We have big guys. Like we have we have multiple six nine dudes that are on our roster, and I don't think we have any short offensive linemen. So it it's weird. I don't know. Do we just not have like an offensive line coach who knows how to teach run blocking? I don't know. It's very strange to me. On. I've observed this now on at least three plays that part of the problem is Easton Dean can't block. There were at least three plays that I saw just in the first half of this game, run plays, with the issue was Easton Dean whiffed. Plus he whiffed on the block at the end of the Iowa game on that fourth and one play. That's part of the problem is you're you're having tight ends take on DNs and they're just whiffing, right? That's part of the problem. If the DN is in the backfield, you know, clean you're not going to get many yards so part of it is easton dean needs to learn how to block that's part of the problem or just stop scheming to block defensive ends like you can't just keep scheming it if he's so bad at it one other thing i thought was interesting from this um obviously defense has been the best part of our team all year this was probably i mean numerically this was their worst outing obviously there were a ton of possessions in this game given the amount of points and the amount of punts so you can't be that critical of them. But, you know, Oklahoma State's running back averaging 6.7 yards a carry. I mean, he had a 71-yarder, but 121 yards, that's a lot, a lot on the ground. Uh, they kept passing game pretty well intact, I feel like. Held them to under 50% passing. Yeah, but they, they gave up 400 yards, 409 total yards. Yeah. Yeah, the rushing attack was not balanced, right? They... uh they ran for 311 yards, three, sorry, three, oh, 131 yards. Wow. And we only ran for 74. And we, went, and we rushed for 10 more attempts. Yes. So 5.5 yards per rush versus 2.2. Big difference. If we were running for 5.5 yards a rush, we would have put up about 14 more points. We would have oh, put up 70. Easily. Why don't we put up 70? I hear that's hard to do. On the year, though, I was looking at this today. If you take out the runs from our quarterbacks, shout out to uh, J.J. Cole, who's our leading yard per carry rusher on the year. (laughs) Um, The offense is averaging 2.77 yards per carry through four games. So that's That's not not going to get it done. I mean, you can rush the ball four times in a row, and depending on your spot, you might not get a first down. Should the Uh, Cyclones uh, trade for Cam Akers? Is he available? I don't know. The Vikings don't need him anymore. Okay. But yeah, I, I think that's an obvious place where we just need as a team. However that happens, I really don't know. As all of us have stated, we're not offensive line guys. Uh, if anybody is an offensive line expert, feel free to reach out. Let us know stuff. If you can identify the problems, we'll give you a shout out. Anybody else have anything about the Oklahoma State game before we move on? Not, not really. Just got to... Just keep it moving, right? Yeah, that, that'd be my that. biggest thing. Yeah, get the offense actually clicking. If if the defense didn't intercept Oklahoma State's last pass, like a minute and a half left, I feel like they could have came back to tie that game, which is terrible. Yeah. It, I mean, at this point, this is the game. We knock off some rust, right? Try to get back into the groove of things and actually go out and try to perform against a really good team this next week. The, the question is, when do we... I, don't, I won't say give up on the rush game, but stop leaning into it so much. I agree. You need to use it more as a complimentary piece. Even in a game where we scored that many points, right? We ran the ball 34 times and threw it 38 times, right? Like, we've been pretty balanced, which normally is good. But when the run game has been this bad, why are you still doing it? I guess Mm -hmm. is my question. I think we should have abandoned it halfway through this game when we still realized it would not work. I don't know why we kept going back to it again and again and again. It's different than the problem the Vikings have had where you haven't been able to run the ball, but you also haven't tried. Like the Cyclones are trying to run the ball. 
They've run the ball plenty through three games, and they just can't. Yeah. So. And what's the point of trying a million times if you're not actually, like, changing anything about how you're doing it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, if you look at our, our run pass, yeah, um, 124 attempts to 115 rushes. Yep. Almost dead even. Yeah. For a team that can't run and seems to be able to pass decently. Yeah, pretty well. Better than we expected. Yeah. Rocco Becht has been better than expected. He made the one really bad throw against Iowa. But other than that, you know, I haven't seen any glaring mistakes. He has a passer rating of 142.4 on the year. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That seems higher than I thought it was. Back to Easton Dean, he did have two receptions for like 27 yards to this game. So maybe he's coming back into some of the offensive mix as well, which I would like to see. But to, to your earlier point, he needs to be blocking. <laughs> he's, he's been the most disappointing player on this team. Agreed. Rocco Beck, uh, that pass rating is number 57 in the country. In case I'll take that. I, I will take that for sure. Yeah, top from, 50. A sophomore, from, a, from a sophomore quarterback. Absolutely. A redshirt freshman quarterback, even, maybe? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. He is a redshirt freshman. From a young quarterback, I will take that for sure. Next week, we have a game that probably will not go as well as the game we just saw. Uh, They will be in Norman playing OU. The line is currently OU uh, by 20. So not favored, to say the least. That's a 6 p.m. game on FS1 on Saturday. FPI gives Oklahoma a 94.3% chance to win that game. I don't know. Oklahoma didn't look dominant this week over Cincinnati. They ended up winning 20-6, to but they let Cincinnati stick around. That's the only decent opponent they've played. They played Tulsa, SMU, and uh, Arkansas State before that, so you didn't really learn much about them before that. But this does have the, the feeling of a trap game, because you know what's the week after? The Red River Rivalry? Red River Rivalry the next week for, really hard to um, say. <laughs> for Oklahoma. So, and that's a huge game with Texas currently number three in the nation. Do I think we're going to go into Norman and win? No. Do I think we might cover? Yeah, I think we're going to cover this game. I mean, we've won it before with a larger point deficit going into it. I think 2017 was like, what, we were favored by 30-some points. So, I'm yeah. not saying we're going to win it. I don't think that we will, but... There is some uh, precedent, I guess. Yep, it could happen, but no. Hope springs eternal. Yep, why yep. not? Why not? Anything else on uh, Cyclone or college football you want to talk about before we move on? Nope, I don't have anything. Nope. Besides the, the downfall of Colorado? It's going to happen. It was yeah. a higher-rated opponent. I do feel like it was a little bit overblown that they lost. Did we think they were going to go undefeated? I didn't think they were going to get shut out. That's fair. It was a bad game. People really seemed to revel in it. They had a lot of fun with it. Oh, speaking of which, Iowa also got shut out this week by Oh, Penn that State, was embarrassing. Which is really I bad. I noticed that, to be honest. 31-0. That's really bad. I think they got four first downs the entire game, oh, if I heard correctly. We need them to be good so we don't look really bad because they stomped us. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> we knew we were really bad. Yeah, that's true. The funny part is people thought Iowa was good. Why do yeah. people think Iowa's good every year? Well, because their defense is always good. And then they forget about the part where you have to score points. That's an you important part. You have to part. score points to win. Keep an eye out next weekend for the repeat of a couple of years ago when KU takes down Texas. Keep your fingers crossed. Probably won't happen. But they're less of an underdog than we are against Oklahoma. Could be a trap game with Texas looking ahead to the Red River rivalry. Oh, KU is ranked this week. I didn't even realize that. Number 24 versus 25? number 3. 24. Wow. I'll be uh, rooting for a KU upset. Of yeah. course. As everybody should. Always, mm-hmm. always horns down. Amen. Horns down. All right. We want to move on to the NFL. Let's do it. it was a... Weird. I would say there was weird some... Weird. some weird- <laughs> I think that's a good way to describe it. I mean, first of all, there were some upsets that I just didn't expect. The Colts knocked off the Ravens in Baltimore in overtime. The Texans beat the ja- killed the Jaguars yeah. in Jacksonville. The Cardinals beat the Cowboys in Arizona. Convincingly. Yeah, just some, some weird results. So, I mean, three big upsets right there, in my opinion. 
And that doesn't even start the fact that the, as we've alluded to uh, before, the Dolphins put up 70 against the Broncos in Miami, 70 to 20 was the final. They did that without Jalen Waddell too. And they could have scored more, but they took pity on the poor Broncos' souls and didn't kick a field goal. Like, it should have been 73 to 20. It was a scoregami either way, so I'm happy. Yeah, there you go. I mean, through the, at this point, what do you do to stop the Dolphins? They look killer. They put up 70 against the uh, Broncos, 24 against the Patriots, and 36 against the Chargers. So it's not like, that was, you, can, it's not like you can say that was a fluke. Either. I mean, they're not going to put up 70 every game, obviously, but they are executing at a high level mm-hmm. consistently. And, you know, you look at these guys and they're just freakishly fast. I don't know what it is after this game, but heading into week three, Tua had the both fastest time from snap to throw and the deepest average depth of target on his throws, which that shouldn't happen right the the faster you're throwing it in theory the closer you should be throwing it to you but those guys are so fast and he goes through his reads so fast that like no one else is doing that right now it's kind of crazy how efficient and quick their team is it's hard to match up against remember when there was talk he was going to retire after oh, yeah. he got almost killed last year. I was gonna say, no one's talking about that anymore. They were bouncing around his skull and or his brain inside his skull like a like a Super Bowl, so that hasn't happened yet this mm-hmm. season. Maybe it gave him some precognition or something, because he is doing very well so far this year. And then you had uh the Chiefs with Bears, and in my opinion, they also probably could have gotten close to 70 if they didn't take out all their starters at half and not worry about it, because they had 34 points at half easily. It was not very hard for them. It was 34 to zero. That game ended 41 to 10. Uh, but you wouldn't know anything about the score because the only thing they talked about the entire time was that uh, Taylor Swift was there. So I'm yeah, very Swift ready. Yeah, crazy, right? I am. Is she dating Travis Kelsey? Who? I don't know Travis Kelsey. All I know about is Taylor Swift. <laughs> if I never had to hear about that again, I'd be very happy. No offense to Taylor Swift, but I'm. I'm, trying, I'm here to watch football. How many people are there that are bigger than the NFL, right? Like, there are very few people that this would be bigger news than the fact that there's an NFL game going on right now. Like, right now, the Chiefs are probably mo- the most beloved team in America. But watch out, because they can very quickly become <laughs> the most hated team in America. Yeah, don't break up, Travis, or you're going to have a bad time. You're going to have all the Swifties coming after you if you break up Taylor Swift. Think of all that money that T-Swift could write a song on, though. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, in another interesting game, uh, the Packers scored 18 fourth-quarter points to win a game 17-18 to 18 against the Saints. For the record, Derek Carr did get knocked out of that game at one point, um, which made a difference. AC joint injury or something? I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't think they come back if it's not... Uh... Not for uh, the Derek Carr injury. But anyway, the Saints also missed a field goal as time was expiring there, which didn't help the uh, didn't help them. It was a fairly shortish field goal as well. So the Packers snuck that one out and I would call it two to one two and one start, like a successful start to the Jordan oh, Love era. Sure. He's looked pretty good so far. Uh, I I think that's as happy as you could be with it. Not gonna crown him by any means. No. They they beat the Bears. Which seems to be easy at this point. And then, yeah, and then they got embarrassed by the Falcons, who aren't good. And then they won a game in a ridiculous comeback in a game where the opponent's starting quarterback got knocked out and still missed a fairly makeable field goal at the end of regulation that would have beat. Yeah. Like, yes, you're two and one. As, as you'll hear when we talk about the Vikings, winning is the most important thing, but it's not like they've looked great. But they, they, do, they did what they needed to do. Yeah, from what I saw from Jordan Love last year when he played, I thought this was going to go a lot worse. I did not think he looked good, but he's come out stronger than I expected him to. As Mike alluded to, uh, we had a clash of the two teams that just do not want to win in the Vikings and the Chargers. And they both tried to lose, they too. Did. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was a lot of talk. Most of the talk I heard after this game wasn't even about the Vikings, to be honest. It was everybody just still bashing uh, the Chargers head coach, what Lane, Lane Staley, Lance Staley, 
Somebody Staley. Can't remember right Drew now. Staley. No, that's the South Carolina women's basketball coach. I'm blanking it? on the first name, but Coach Staley, uh, making some questionable decisions there in that game. Uh, the Vikings just keep playing good football, and they just keep losing. So I don't know what was it eleven one score games last year that they won, and now they've lost they've three lost one three. score games. Yeah, yeah. The pendulum is swinging. For those of you who don't know what what uh, the Chargers did is up by four with about a minute left, maybe a little la- a little more, a little less. They have the ball fourth and half a yard from their own twenty five, and they go for it and get stopped, giving the Vikings the ball with 25 yards to go to score a game-winning touchdown. And there was some weirdness involved in that game as well, I will say, uh, in in that last drive. We'll talk a little bit about that weirdness um, in Mike's stupid rules. But also, like again, the Vikings just sort of tried to give that one away in a lot of ways too because right, like they the, the what turned out to be the game-winning touchdown – bounced off the hands and then the face mask of the Vikings cornerback before it was caught for a touchdown. Keenan Allen had like the best day from a wide receiver in NFL history. I mean, what else happened? Uh, Keenan Allen also threw for a touchdown yeah, pass. 49 and the Vikings yards. still almost won the game. Jalen Hurts only had seven incompletions. He threw the ball like 50 times and only had seven incompletions the entire game. I saw this stat today too. The Vikings blitzed on 86% of oh my his dropbacks, and they only hit him four times. Yeah, one sack the whole game. And that was a sack fumble. They, 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 didn't, they got a quarterback hit and a sack for that game. They didn't hit the quarterback. He knocked the ball out without touching the quarterback. Yeah, Herbert had a 93.3 QBR for that game. That is out of 100, by the way, in case you guys were wondering. And... uh Keenan Allen had a 100 because he threw one for one for a 49-yard touchdown in addition to his 215 receiving yards. And like 17 catches. 18, actually. So pretty good. Pretty good game for the offense. And yeah, it's just like the Vikings. Yeah, the Vikings just can't get out of their own way. Turn the ball over twice again. There's always something, it feels like. where Turnovers are basically the issue. Through three games, you can... Clearly point out they have not had a game with, what, less than two turnovers? I think they've only had two games with less than three turnovers. They have three, four, and two turnovers in three games. So you're averaging three turnovers a game. And the Vikings almost fumbled twice more that game. So turnover battle, huge. Yep. Pretty much how you win games in the NFL is just play the turnover battle. If you win it, you're probably going to win. Everybody is really good here. Yep. Also unrelated, but just looking at the box score, I never realized how many of your people just have the last part of their name being Son. Jefferson, Hawkinson, Addison, Madison. <laughs> That's weird. Well, also, uh, uh, wide receivers, you've got JJ. TJ. You've got KJ. And you've got Jordan Addison. You've got JA are your, are your wide receivers. Then you got TJ Hawkinson. And yeah, and, and you got TJ, yeah. Yeah, JJ, TJ, KJ, CJ Ham, and then Jordan Addison. Yes, it's a little bit of an interesting name, name uh, set there. But anyway, I digress. You probably didn't Tangent. come to this podcast to listen to the Vikings' skill position players' names. Anything super important from any of these other games? I didn't highlight every game score, but if you're really curious, you can go look them up. The other ones weren't that exciting to me. Yeah, not really. The Steelers Raiders game last night was just an ugly off. Steelers won twenty three to eighteen. And Garoppolo got knocked out of that game too, by the way. Yep. We will move on to not our signature segments, but the MLB segment. Because there is just one week left in the baseball regular season. We will talk um about the playoff matchups and review our preseason predictions in next week's episode. But I just want to give you an update on what we got right now. In the American League, Baltimore and Tampa Bay have both clinched playoff spots. They're still battling for who's going to win that division. Right now, Baltimore's got a a two-and-a-half game lead, so they are certainly the favorites there, but it could go either way still. Uh, In the AL Central, the Twins have clinched the AL Central. Cleveland absolutely fell apart down the stretch um, to get themselves eliminated there. 
The AL West is the interesting division. Right now, Texas has a three-and-a-half-game lead, um, or two-and-a-half-game lead, excuse me, over Houston, who is a half a game ahead of Seattle. Um, with Toronto pretty securely in the second wildcard spot, only two of those teams will likely make the playoffs, um, and that could be a battle down to the end. Um, with whoever wins that division getting the second bye, um, and whoever finishes second likely getting the Twins, and whoever finishes third likely out um, of the playoffs altogether. So that's really something to look at. Seattle and Houston play um, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this week. Um, maybe Thursday, too. I don't know if that's a three-game series or a four-game series. I think just three, but I could be wrong. The question is, would you rather have the second bye or get to play the Twins in the playoffs? Second bye. The Twins have been better than all three of those teams since the All-Star break and also won the season series against Texas and Houston. But remind me of the last time you guys won a postseason game? Uh, I was just talking about this uh, with Kirsten earlier today. It was 2004. 2004. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> I had just turned eight. Some bad juju there. Sure. Yes. The Twins is like a bye, but you get to not be rusty, you know? Do some practice games. Maybe. I'm just kidding. I'm sure they'll be fine. We'll see. The thing to note, though, right, is if that race stays close and that last wildcard team is battling for a playoff spot, they're going to have to throw their top pitcher, their top pitchers, that weekend before, that last weekend of the season this weekend, and the Twins can set up their rotation for whatever they want. They're not playing for anything. So the Twins will have their one and two pitcher going in games one and two of the wild card round, where it's quite possible that Houston or Seattle or Texas could have to pitch their number three and number four starters in those hmm. games. So that could be a big advantage for the Twins if it plays out that way. Right? It's possible that one of these teams could just fall apart and then everybody could set up their rotation, but that's something to keep an eye on as well as just the result of the games over in the national league. Um, the divisions are pretty much decided. Um, Atlanta, um, has clinched the NL East. The Dodgers have clinched the NL West. The Brewers have essentially clinched the, uh, NL central, the Cubs theoretically, if they won all their games and the Brewers lost all their games, excuse me, the Cubs would still win that division. But essentially, um, that division it belongs to the Brewers, which just leaves the wild cards up for grabs. The Phillies are um, five games up over the um, Diamondbacks and Cubs for that uh, first wild card spot. So we'll basically give that to the Phillies at that point. But like I said, the Cubs and Diamondbacks are tied for the second and third wild card spots with the Marlins a game back and Cincinnati two and a half games back. So certainly um, some stuff to be decided in the second wild card, or in the NL wild card as well. Those are the things I'm watching down the stretch. Uh, any other baseball thoughts before we move on? Wyatt, are the Cubs going to hang on to a playoff spot here or not? I have no idea if they will or not. That's a wonderful question. I would certainly hope so, and I am much more proud of their... What they've done in the past, the, the latter half of the season than the first half. So, but I have no idea. It's a good question. We'll we'll find out, and we'll let you know next week as we set up uh set up the playoff brackets here. Now we will move on to our signature segments, right, Wyatt? We're good for that. We are good for that. All right, we're going to talk about um something that happened on that Vikings last series. We're going to talk about fourth and fifth timeouts because of injury, um, which happened. Because the Vikings on two consecutive plays before a fourth down play and then before the next first down play had players get injured without any timeouts left. Um, so where we're going to go in the rule book for this is we're going to go to Rule 4, Article 4, which is injury timeouts after the two-minute warning of either half. Um, so we're going to go to Part B of that rule, which says after the two-minute warning of a half, the following shall apply. If a team has used its three-charge timeouts, an excess timeout shall be called by the referee unless, one, the injury is caused as a result of a foul by an opponent, or the injury occurs on a down in which there is a change of possession, touchdown, safety, successful field goal, or an attempted try. 
So basically any play that's not um, a change of possession or a score is you will be charged um, in excess timeout um, if um, if it's not yeah if it's not caused by an injury and if somebody gets hurt. Now um, it does say for the second and subsequent excess timeout um, after the two minute warning, it is a loss of five yards. Dead ball penalty, loss of five yards, which I did not know. I did not know that um, there were two things I didn't know about this rule. First of all, that this mattered if the clock was stopped. So both of these plays um, happened after incompletions, um, which I thought, well, the clock is stopped. Why are we getting charged excess timeout? But it's clear in that rule it doesn't matter whether the clock is stopped or not. And then secondly, I didn't know that there could be a five-yard penalty here. So those were both new to me. I don't know. Do you guys have, have any thoughts, Wyatt? Did you know about these rules? I did not. It's a, obviously a very specific NFL thing. But it reminds me of, don't, don't you get issued a technical in basketball if you call for a timeout after you're out of timeouts? You do. Isn't that that a thing? is correct. So it, it reminds me of that where you get penalized essentially for using something you don't have. I mean, obviously, it's not your fault in this in this scenario, but it, it is a stoppage of game and it stops flair players from faking injuries. Not that that happens very often, but to deterrent for that, I suppose. So I guess I'm, what I'm trying to say is I'm not surprised. I saw it happen. I was like, huh, that's interesting because I also did not know that that would be penalized, but it makes sense. The thing I was yelling at my TV is the clock is stopped. The clock is stopped, right? Why are we, why are we getting charged timeouts while the clock is stopped? So that was the part that confused me and was news to me. Now, the one thing I will note is, I guess, how do they judge if the injury is a result of a foul on the opponent, right? Because on one of them, um, what happened was Justin Jefferson was the one injured during the play, but his defender also got called for an illegal use of hands, hands to the face penalty on that same play. Now, the injury was a leg injury, but his defender was called for a foul. Right. So wouldn't right. So how do you judge what um, is and isn't a um, a penalty in that case? Right? What is or isn't? Did the penalty cause the injury? Right. That's subjective. Can a blow to the head cause a leg injury? Maybe. Did it in this case? No, I don't I don't think the penalty caused the injury. He was cramping. But it's an interesting right. Is it should it just be any penalty on the guy? That was committed against the guy who got hurt. I don't know. There's an interesting twist to it. I mean, I assume they asked the guy, you know, you know what's going on. He probably said, hey, I'm cramping. That's it's pretty normal. In that case, you know, as you officially say, OK, this is an injury timeout. Sure, there's a penalty, but it's not associated to the injury on the field. And then we go henceforth. And another example on the opposite side would be a roughing the passer. Right. If you have no timeouts left and your quarterback gets injured and the defender is called for roughing the passer, you're not going to get charged that penalty. Yeah, and there's a, or if right or if there's a, a face mask and you got poked in the eye and that's yep, why you're yep. injured or something like that, right? Or or a concussion from a, a late hit type thing, or even a bad takedown hold. I mean, that could also get your leg, right? Yep, yeah. So it makes sense that it's in there. It's and some in these cases, it's all obvious. I just found it interesting that there did happen to be an injury on the player who was fouled. So, but yeah, no, I just thought that was interesting because I didn't know that you could lose five yards, but it, it's not technically a penalty either. It's just a weird situation. And I mean, the Vikings ended up throwing an interception from the six yard line. So it made a difference. Not saying it was incorrectly officiated, just that it was, it made a difference and was, was weird. Yeah. Very interesting. Very weird. Uh, any other questions or thoughts on the, that? Anybody? Nope. Nope. There you go. Fun. That was a fun, interesting rule. Having finished that up, we will move ahead to our accountability session, um, where we will start with three predictions from me with the baseball season winding down. Um, I predicted that the Twins would be the only team above 500 in the AL Central at the end of the year. That is guaranteed now with the Twins with 83 wins and both uh, Detroit and Cleveland with 83 losses. Um that puts a uh, guarantee is the twins, the only above 500 team. So for that, I get a ding, 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 
And I also predicted that the Twins would win the division, which, as I said earlier, they did. So, ding, 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 ding. ding. The other thing I predicted is that there will be at least two NFL scoregamis this year. We already mentioned how that 70-20 to 20 game was a scoregami. There was also one in week one. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, but there was one in week one. Now, let me go find which one it is. Quick, oh, can I say show latest game in 2023, please? How do I do this? Show year. Oh, that's going to be too hard. I know there's a way to do what I want to do on here, but I can't. Uh, the 25 to 9 game between the Ravens and Texans in week one was also a scoregami. So there you go. That is the NFL scoregamis this year. So for that, I get a ding, 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 ding. Josh had two predictions come off the board both his uh, Jordan Love predictions Uh, he predicted both that he'd be a top 2 QB in the NFL and that he'd be a top 2 QB in the NFC North he was I believe QB 5 in the NFL um, which was a lot better than I thought he was going to be but still not top 2 so nah 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 but he was top two in the NFC North. Uh, Goff was ahead of him at four, but uh, he was second at five. And Cousins was like seven at that point. So it was very close. But he was top two in the division. So ding 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 Wyatt, you predicted at one point that Red Bull Racing would have at least one race where they don't get a podium finish, which I'm told happened in Singapore this most recent race, or at least at one race. It did indeed in Singapore. They did not podium. So for that, you get a ding, 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 ding. And you also predicted the Cubs would finish above 500, with which now they have 82 wins. And since you can't lose wins, um, that will be an above 500 finish for them. So ding, 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 ding. And then one more. Kyle predicted the Royals would have a winning streak of at least five games which they did by sweeping the Astros, no less. <laughs> um, of all How things sweet. that I didn't expect to happen, they, they, they've gone 5-1 and one against the Astros in this last two weeks, um, and which part of it did turn into a five-game win streak. So, ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding. That is it for probably a, like your most successful accountability session ever. Like, what was that? Eight out of nine, right? That's pretty good. Seven out of eight, it was. Correct. Um, so that was was pretty good. Arian, you want to start getting predictions back on the board? Yeah, I did not participate in taking any off the board. I was the only one who didn't have anything come off, so I'm just going to put one back on here. And always the optimist I am, I'm going to go ahead and say we will not score more points in a game than we did versus OSU this weekend, this past weekend. We being the state football team, because I play for them. Like, for the rest of the season, we will not score more than 34 points? <laughs> no. In a single game, we will not score more than 34 points. And is that any game or just the OU game? Any game. For the rest of the any season. Any game. Got it. Yeah. I think that will be our high watermark for points scored in a game this season. Probably, I'm thinking double? Hey, I don't know. The offense isn't good, like, at all. I would go as far as to say it's a triple. Wait, if the offense isn't good, then that Wait, would make yeah, okay, it would down. Make it a single. We will not score more points in a game. Okay, so yeah, you're right. I will go, that's a single because our offense is really bad. We don't have Kyle to break ties. Shoot. Well, we do have a coin though. We do. I guess we have to flip the coin because I already do. don't get a vote on your own me. prediction. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm okay. sure we could. No, we'll break out the uh, John Adams gold gold dollar. I almost said gold silver dollar. That would have been incorrect. I'll break out the old John Adams dollar coin. Ariane, you'll call heads or tails. Heads will be a double. Tails will be a... Wait a minute. Why am I calling it? If you it? win, it'll be a double. <laughs> You're calling it because if you win, it'll be a double. If you lose, it'll be a single. How about oh, okay. That? It's rare that we get to have someone else call it, so we'll do I'm that. Ready. So uh, listen for the ding. Go ahead and call it. Tails. It is heads. You lost. Ah, it is a single. All right. Single it is. What do you got, Mike? I am going to predict that um, the Dolphins will score at least 50 or more points at some point this year. Okay. 
Man, that's crazy. Let me take a little peek at their schedule. There hasn't been that many games in NFL history where teams score more than 50. So, And I don't see, I mean, I'm looking at their lineup, right? And they don't have a ton of bad teams on their schedule. The Giants aren't great, but they're not awful. The Panthers are kind of bad. The Jets are bad, but the Jets are bad, but not on defense, right? Jets are not that bad. I don't think you're putting up 50 on the Jets defense. Triple? Normally I'd say home run, but I mean, they just scored 70, so triple for me, I think. (laughs) I I think you're giving the Giants too much credit. You think they're going to drop 50 on the Giants? I think they certainly could. I'm not saying they will. It seems extremely unlikely. Very much triple territory, but it's a possibility. I'd go triple. That's fine. It's probably happened about 160 times in NFL history. I was trying to count on the score of Allen Page while you were doing that. I didn't quite get all the way through. So triple? Really? Did you want a home run? (laughs) He does. It's only happened 140 times in the history of the NFL. Yeah, but Mike, 70 points has only happened four times in the history of the NFL, and they just did that. They don't play the Broncos again. (laughs) That's true. Like games end twenty to seventeen more often than team than a team scores fifty in a game. That's true. Uh, like, let me look at the score. Me, what would you give it. me if I said that the that the Dolphins would have a game that was exactly twenty to seventeen at some point this year? That that would have to be a home run. That's fair. And and it's less likely They're statistically averaging. in NFL history. They're that averaging they forty three points a game. I mean, there's a big outlier in that scoring thing, but you know. With the, their uh, median is uh, less than 50. That is true. Well, I'm going to stick with triple, though. I refuse to be moved. Did I convince Wyatt that it'll get me a coin flip? Don't you got Wyatt? Uh... Wyatt seems to hate the Giants, so. Well, I don't hate the Giants. They just, oh, like, you just think awful. they're bad. Sorry. They're terrible. They're so bad. The Giants are giving up. They've given up 40. 28 and 30. So, I mean, that's not 50. That ain't good. You give up 40 to the Cowboys. I mean, you give it up. Is worth mentioning you don't score any points and you only score 40. I doubt they're getting 50 put on them. I'll flip. I'll flip and say it's a home run. Okay. I looked at the score board and it's very green on the left hand side. And a 50 is like almost exactly where it starts to dwindle off. Right, because then you got to right. Then you've got to score eight times in a game to yeah. get over fifty. That's that's true. Right, seven touchdowns is forty nine. Presumably, no two point conversion. So, also nineteen forty, the Chicago Bears seventy three to zero against Washington. Wow, we were we were uh, so watching the Eagles game right now, and they're talking about Taylor Swift again. It's not even oh, related just, to this game. I just sent you guys a message about that. Yeah, I, I hate it. <laughs> I just want to watch football. Well, but, let's finish out this episode so we can go watch football. This is now a coin flip unless you're, you are going to flip, Ariane. Go ahead. Flip it. Mike, listen carefully for the coin. If you win the toss, it will be a home run. If you lose the toss, it'll be a triple. Are you ready? Yep. Call it. Heads. It is tails. You lost ah, as well. Dang <laughs> the it. coin is mean today. The coin knows either what's or, up. Either that or why it's just lying to us. <laughs> I mean, I, I should have recorded it. No, it was definitely Tails. Lady Liberty's. I I, I trust you. I on trust my you. Uh, on the back of my palm. I trust you. Do you have anything from Josh this week? Is he still alive? He is still alive. He uh, likes what he's seen from the Packers so far. Um, the Packers play the Lions on Thursday night football this week. He's saying they will beat the Lions by more than three. Um, right now, the game is in Green Bay, and Detroit is a one-point favorite in Green Bay. Double. This is right in single or double borderline. I'll lean towards double, I guess. Yeah, I'm on a double. That's fine. Okay. Would you have said single? Home run! It doesn't matter. Yeah, I probably would have said single. <laughs> uh, we'll it's give like that a 50-50 thing to me. That's it's fair. a little. I mean, by definition, since underdogs, it's a little more than 50-50. Yeah, that's, that's why I was on the borderline. I will throw up on the board that Iowa State will at least cover against OU. I mean, what did we say? That was twenty. Yeah, 20. that 
unless you think that line is way off, that's by definition of a single because Vegas yeah. does it. So it's about a 50 yep. 50 chance. It so. is. Give me, right, unless give me you think Vegas points. is very wrong. Uh, no, I don't. If I do, it's the other way, right? I think our defense will be pretty good and it's hard to rack up that much more. Although our offense is really bad. Yeah, we might not give up 30 points. So the qu- we probably won't give up more than 30. So if we score 10, we cover. Yep. Which is um, not to be I'm, taken for granted with this team. <laughs> Wyatt, I'm just going to add that minus 20 and a half line to this so that we yeah, know in call. case that it changes between predicted. now and then. Yeah. Yep, yep. Good call. Good call. You know, I think from Kyle this week, is he still alive? He is still alive, at least I think. He messaged us <laughs> earlier when he said he wasn't going to be on because he is sick this week. Um, but I, So I presume he is still alive, though I have no proof at the moment. But he did give us a prediction. He is going to predict that Daniel Jackson, who had a two TD week this week, will have at least one more two TD week, two plus TD week this season. To be fair, Double all, or he, triple. all he typed was D Jackson. So potentially he could be saying Deshaun Jackson will come out of NFL retirement and score two touchdowns this week. So honestly, I another, would give it to him another if that one happened. though. That <laughs> oh, that's be true. He, he doesn't have, have one. one. If we have to find point. a different D Jackson who has at least two. <laughs> A two touchdown game this year. I'd say the man, this offense too, right? How many two touchdown days is anybody gonna have that isn't Rocco Becked? Yeah. I'm between a triple. I'm between a double and a triple. Okay, I'm gonna go triple. I was going triple. Yeah. Triple. I was gonna go between triple and home run, so Oh wow. I think a triple is fine. I'm totally on board with that. Yeah, I dig it. So with two singles, a double, and two triples, that concludes our Write That Down prediction segment, which means we're at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for dropping by this week's episode of the 8311Cast, episode 240. From now until next week's episode, be sure to check us out on all the socials at 8311Cast, wherever you find us. Signing off for the 8311Cast, we have your hosts. Mike Ludwig. R.M. Barry. And Wyatt Teeter. We'll talk to you all again next week. Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones!